A warm welcome to all of you, and may it be a, an encouraging and a comforting time for all of us. Let us begin with singing one of the well-known and favorite Psalters of Ron and Marilyn, 187.
We're going to be reading from three different scripture passages this morning. The first one is to be found in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, as we will read the verses 1 through 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you can find it in your pew Bible, page 589. Hear God's holy and inspired word. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning. Then we turn to the New Testament, and that to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, as we will read... From John chapter 14, the verses 1 through 6. As you can find it in your pew Bible, page 955. Here we have the Lord Jesus himself speaking. And I quote, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, We do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, our last portion is back in the Old Testament. That is the prophecies of Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43, which will also contain our text as well. 
Isaiah 43, as you can find in your Pew Bible, page 642. And I'll read the verses 1 through 7. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom. Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. So far, the reading of this portion. Or actually, I should read one more verse. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed you. Yes, I have made him. So far then, the reading of God's holy and precious word. We will now sing one of the well-known and favorite songs again of Ron and the family, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Let us engage in prayer and seek the Lord's blessings. Let us pray. O Lord God, God of all comforts, we come to you this morning hour at this funeral. And we do ask that thy presence would be so much sensed and experienced that we stand in awe for who you are, a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God of comfort, a God of companionship. And that through your beloved Son, O Heavenly Father, you have given a way back to you as we have fallen away from you in and through Adam and Eve. And Lord God, we thank and praise you that through the Lord Jesus Christ and through his great redemption and for the great sacrifice he had made on the cross, there is hope for each one of us as we look to him and find our salvation and our hope, but also our comfort with you. And Lord, we pray, therefore, that as we will read from your word again and hear a short exposition, that we may be encouraged, that we may seek you for the first time or anew, that we may experience the riches of what it means to be Christian, what it means to have Christ living in us, what it means to know that when we die, we will be with the Lord forever. And Lord, we do pray, therefore, that this may also be of great comfort to the family as you have taken to yourself a beloved one. Lord God, grant comfort to those who are mourning, to those who are grieving, and grant that we may experience again that you are a God of hope. Bless us. Bless the ministry of your holy word. And grant that each one of us, young and old, may experience something of the greatness of God our Savior. In Jesus' precious name, amen. For any of you who are gathered here and who are not familiar with the family as such, it has been the request of our dear sister Marilyn that I would announce all the names of the family. And so bear with me. And so um, Ron is the beloved husband of Marilyn, dear father of Jeff and Jennifer Pennings, Chris and Lindsay Pennings, Tim and Ashley Pennings, and Greg and Amanda Pennings, loving grandfather of Janelle, Kyle, Breeden, Grace, Lila, Caleb, Olivia, Aiden, Carson, Peyton, Lucas, and Miles. And then I would also want to say that his dear mother is here as well, Gerda Pennings. May the Lord also comfort you as well with family. <clears throat> 
dear family, congregation, and friends, late last Saturday evening, with his dear wife at his bedside, Ron passed from this life into the glories of eternity to be with Christ, his Savior. Severe diabetes was his constant rival, which in turn plagued his kidneys and his heart till it brought him to cross the Jordan of death and into the welcoming arms of his Savior, Jesus Christ. Physically, Ron did not have an easy life. From his teenage years till his death at the age of 67, Ron struggled with the effects of diabetes, even to the point that it affected his toes and his feet and made it, for a while, very difficult to walk. But remarkably, remarkably, whenever I would see him and I would ask him how he was doing, he would always respond in the following way, Oh, I'm doing fine. He said this to me this past Friday afternoon yet, when I went to see him in the hospital for his regular session of dialysis. Ron, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. By the grace of God, Ron learned to handle his physical difficulties patiently, I would dare say even cheerfully. During my time as his pastor in the 90s, Ron served the Lord as a deacon or a deacon on several times, and he even served as a treasurer even up to the day he passed away. Ron did such work as an expertise. Ron was greatly involved also in the, in the church building edition that occurred during the 1990s when I was still a pastor in this place. It can honestly be said that Ron had a zeal for the house of the Lord. I read a portion from Isaiah 43 with Ron last Friday, and I had a good discussion with him about this, even a rather moving discussion. And it is particularly the verses 1 and 2 that drew his and my attention for a further dialogue. And so let me read those verses with you then from Isaiah chapter 43, the verses 1 and 2. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. These words we reflected on when Ron was there getting his dialysis and his blood pressure rose again just a little bit. And although this chapter in Isaiah 
speaks by and large to the people of Israel who are named here by the name of Jacob and Israel. Nevertheless, these words also speak to you and to me as they did to Ron that morning. Ron was quite moved, I dare say, to realize that the Lord actually told him through these words, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Such words from the Lord God, you see, are comforting. They are assuring. And it certainly was the case with Ron. You see, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you do not need to be afraid. You do not need to fear that things will go wrong after you pass out of this life. You've been redeemed. You've been purchased by the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means that Christ has bought you and that you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. As our catechism says it so beautifully, I with body and soul, both in life and death, am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who has purchased me with His precious blood, has fully satisfied for all my sins, and delivered me from all the power of the devil. This is a confession, O Lord, that we hold dear because of what Jesus Christ has done. And when you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, there are times when he would even call you by your name, by your name. And it really touched Ron to realize that Jesus Christ has called him by his name. Ron, you are mine. Dear family, I expect and I suspect that this was the secret that that also gave him the strength and the patience to bear with his difficulties and his trials. He did not have to carry the debilitating effects of diabetes on his own, you see. Jesus Christ, as it were, carried them with him. And he was carried by the Lord Jesus Christ through this I would say, lifelong ordeal. And I think, therefore, there is some real depth to these words when he says, whenever he is asked how he is doing, oh, I'm doing fine. He said that in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ because his Savior, Jesus Christ, helped him in doing fine. Now, dear people, the trials and the difficulties of life are not easy to carry. Long-lasting disabilities or illnesses or other difficulties can get you down. They can get you discouraged even. And without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they can discourage you. They can make you discontent, even do you in. But faith in the Lord Jesus Christ can make all the difference, all the difference. I recently finished reading a book written by Johnny Erickson Tada. 
At the age of 17, she broke her neck in a diving accident, had been confined to a wheelchair, unable to move anything from her neck down. They call it quadriplegia. She came to know Jesus Christ by faith and has become greatly used in God's kingdom as an encourager of those who are suffering. And she writes in her book with the title of Heaven, Your Real Home, and I quote, I wondered how other people could possibly face quadriplegia, cancer, or even death in the family without the hope of heaven. But it is Christ in me, the hope of glory. So far, her quote. With Ron, too, it was Christ in me, the hope of glory. Ron could speak of being redeemed, of being called by his name, and of belonging to Jesus Christ. And I pray that this may also comfort you, Marilyn, and the family, that it may comfort you and console you. Because you may know that the Lord Jesus Christ has called him by name as one of the redeemed. And he has promised that this is something that can really help you during your time of grief. And I pray, and no doubt this was also the thoughts of Ron as well, that you too may know what it means to be called by your name, by being told that you are redeemed. Because that means that heaven will be your home in the future. But now, there is something else in this text that really seemed to affect Ron. And that is the promise of protection. We read, therefore, in verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Now, that needs some explanation, doesn't it? The flood of waters and fires are here a picture of dangers, of afflictions, of difficulties, and of trials which the people of Israel experienced. But the Lord promised to protect them. He would be with them and they would come to no ultimate harm or perish. Well, as you've heard already, Ron has also seen his share of afflictions. But the Lord was with him to protect him. And this is why he could say time and time again, Oh, I'm doing fine. He knew that his sins were forgiven, that he was redeemed, and that he would not perish when he would pass out of this life, but that he would be with the Lord. Ah, yes, he wept tears when he thought of you, Marilyn, of having to leave you, of having to leave the family. But at the same time, through his tears, 
he told me that he looked forward to seeing the Lord Jesus Christ. And dear family and dear people, no matter how much affliction and how many difficulties you must experience in this life, if you have looked to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you know what it means to have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all your sins, you are well protected. Death will be then an instant doorway into heaven. No judgment will then condemn you. There will be no chance of you ever perishing. You will be eternally doing fine. And that with capital letters. Therefore, find your protection with the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in Psalm 50 verse 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. You know, dear people, this is a good time to seek the Lord and to call upon Him. Especially when we are under the impressions of dying and entering into eternity. You and I, all of us, are presently going through the valley of the shadow of death. This is the time to call upon Jesus Christ, dear people. Someday you and I will have to pass through this life, out of this life. And you know, of course, it could be that Christ will return in our lifetime that too is possible. But the question that needs to be asked, and you need to ask each one of you on your own, how is it with me? How is it with me? Could I say, in a deep spiritual sense, oh, I am doing fine. Even if death stares you in the face, are your sins forgiven? Are you freed from condemnation? Are you well protected for eternity and looking forward to being with Christ? One of the last things Ron and I spoke about yet last Friday was sparked by what it says a few verses after our text, Isaiah 43 the verses 5 and 6, about descendants and about sons and daughters. Ron expressed the longing and the hope that, yes, he would see his beloved Marilyn and also his dear children and grandchildren again after their life is done on earth. They too that they too would go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ and experience how doing fine it will be in heaven. And I suspect that this would also be Marilyn's desire. And this is why, you may have wondered why all the names of the family members were mentioned, but this is why. At the beginning of this message, we need to name the names 
the sons and their wives and their grandchildren. Because as there was a longing in Ron's heart, I'm sure there's a longing in Maren's heart that we would see each other in heaven again. Dear congregation, let the words of Isaiah 43 leave a deep impression on all of us. And let it be an encouragement to you. Let it be a comfort for us all. Remember, after all, God has created you, says so right here in Isaiah 43. This is why you are on earth. This is why you are here this hour at this funeral. It means, dear people, that you are important to the Lord. He wants you to know, and He wants you to know that He is a Redeemer, and He's ready to redeem you as well. He wants to call you by name. You are a person of importance to the Lord. And He wants to have a personal relationship with you, even a a relationship of being able to call each other by our first names. He, He wants to take ownership of you and of your life and be your eternal protector. So I plead with you also this hour, commit yourself in faith this day yet to the Lord Jesus Christ. Look to Him. Call upon Him. And He will hear. And you will find yourself longing to be near Him. We're going to be singing that shortly after prayer as well. Nearer still nearer, while life shall last, till safe in glory my anchor is cast, through endless ages ever be nearer, my Savior, still nearer to Thee, nearer, my Savior, still nearer to Thee. Amen. Let us close in prayer. Gracious God, your word is precious. Your word has the spirit in it to turn us away from our difficulties, away from our sorrows and from our griefs, and help us to turn to Jesus Christ, the great Redeemer. Your word activated by your Holy Spirit, can make all the difference in our life. And we pray that we, each one of us here, young and old, may experience the power of your Holy Word. Bless us, we pray. Grant that as we hear from the family some interesting and touching things about Ron And as we will sing to the praise and honor of your glorious name, may we do so with hearts that are filled with your peace. And so bless us. Bless Marilyn. 
be with Ron's mom, Gerda. Uphold them in their loss. Strengthen the family, the sons and daughters-in-law. Remember them all in your mercy and the grandchildren and our friends as well. And so we pray that our fellowship together afterwards may also be to your honor and praise and that in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as you have heard, let us sing. Nearer, still nearer.
Let us now hear some family memories. in memory of our brother Ron. The emotions inside we can never explain. Our brother has left. I will cherish, we will cherish those memories many of us shared. He was a person that genuinely cared. Hey farmer, when the new school opened in St. Thomas, which was Ebenezer Christian School, Ron was, a second, was in the second grade and I was in the first. It wasn't long before we were known as being the farm boys. Hey, farmer! I didn't like it. It felt like an insult, but Ron would take it as a compliment. As time rolled by, I could tell that Ron loved everything about farming. One day, our uncle had a brand new David Brown tractor. It was at our farm, and Ron was the first to drive it. He said to me, I love that tractor so much. So in fun, I said to him, why don't you kiss it? <laughs> he went to the front grill, wrapped his arms around it, and kissed it. It is true. When Mom and Dad went to Holland on vacation, us boys had to look after the farm, me, Frank, and Ron. We had cows, chickens, pigs, you name it, it was there. Of course, the cow had to be milked by hand. The problem was, it would kick. Ron. So Ron asked me, just trickle feed it with some oats while the oats were fresh. And if you're a farmer, you know what that means. It would, then when, he, we were feed, when I was feeding it, it would stand still. Great idea. Cow didn't kick anymore. Later that week, the vet had to be called. The cow was bloated. Another day we were finishing chores coming out of the barn. A barn swallow thought we were too close to her nest. It swooped down, took Ron's hat right off his head. All I heard him was say, what in the world? That was Ron. I learned a lot from my brother Ron on the farm. Like today, we went plowing together on different tractors, same field. The tractor I was using was new and shiny. It was, Dad had just bought it. It was small, but... It had a high and low shifter. When I noticed Ron was, I was trying to work with it in a couple of rounds, and then Ron got off his tractor and was waving at me to stop, which I did, expecting him to say how good the new tractor looked or something like that. But no, all he said was, you're lugging it. I said, what? He said, you're lugging it. You're letting the RPMs drop too low before shifting down. Wow, I thought to myself, how does he know all this stuff? Of course, he was a year older. But <laughs> Another time, thankfully, no one is hurt. Ron backed the tractor up on the bridge that led to the second-story bank barn. He put the emergency brakes on, jumped off, dug up the hammer mill. But the brakes didn't hold. The tractor plummeted over the side of the bridge. 
landed upside down with the wheels spinning. Wow, when Dad got home from work, he was a mechanic. No anger, he just looked under the tractor, said, everybody okay? There was some thankful prayers said at supper time that night. Ron never let school get in the way of his education. When he drove, when he was done school, he started framing houses. We helped each other build our first home. Mine was first, then his, when he met his love, the love of his life, Marilyn. Ron had been my best man at my wedding, and now he asked me to be his best man as well. And I, I remember that text. Uh, I remember it because I saw the, the bulletin from their wedding. And it says, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I like just when Pastor was speaking here, it just brought tears to my eyes because he did that. No matter how early I got out of bed in the morning, Ron was always up earlier. As we both drove together to work, first in the tobacco fields, then on a framing crew for her Uncle Gary Pennings. One morning, being a few minutes later than Ron liked, he ended up going quite a bit over the speed limit to our uncle's place, who, by the way, was always 20 minutes late coming out of the house after we arrived, so I never felt that we should be rushed. But anyway, Ron wanted to be there 7 o'clock in the morning, whatever time we had to be there. When we reached 100 miles an hour, a morning dove at the side of the road was surprised at the speed and flew up and knocked the car mirror right off. I promised to help with damages and not tell Mum how fast we were actually going. A few years passed, Ron and Marilyn moved to Mitchell, bought a farm, built it up, all the while raising a family. And like the pastor said, this year was 50 years since Ron was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. When his health declined and farming wasn't possible, he did not quit. Crop quest, book work, church books, always something. I always admired him for his courage to keep it regardless of his circumstance. Ron was always himself, willing to take time to talk to each and every niece, nephew, anybody, calling by name, truly wanting to know and caring about what they were doing. So many times over the years that I would think it had been a while since I called Ron and no sooner thought, the phone would ring and 45 minutes later, we could be, we weren't finished talking, but at least caught up. Last Friday was the last time I spoke with Ron. After 15 minutes, we were cut short because a good doctor came into his room and the last thing I said in a hurry was, love you, brother. Ron thought his, Ron, through his own confessions, we know is with our Lord, his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, forever. Ron would have wanted me to say that we, we still have breath. We have a heart that beats, that we cannot take for granted. We serve a good God. He is so good. Know that we have a Savior that loves us, that wants to come close to us. We need to pray for wisdom. Because being smart isn't enough. 
Don't waste a single minute in your life. Follow hard after Jesus. Don't go through life going after, after things that do not matter. Fight for what matters. And we too will come to the end of our life with no regrets. To conclude, when Ron was born, he was mom and dad's first child. Every, everyone was thrilled, joyful, and happiness was everywhere. Ron was crying. Now Ron has passed, and we are sad and tearful, but he is in glory. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for, for those who love him. Thank you. When I began to reminisce about our dear brother Ron, it began with Ron in his 20s when he was still at home with all of us siblings on the farm. Being the oldest brother, I remember looking up to him. The nights he babysat for mom and dad were great. We could have our popcorn and hot chocolate, and before we knew it, Ron was either sleeping or already in bed. I remember him saying he just couldn't wait for the weekend to see his dear love of his life, Marilyn. I can see him driving off to Mitchell in his silver Malibu classic. Ron always kept it immaculate or paid us to. I clearly picture him teaching us how to soap up a small section at a time and rinse. He was very fussy about his things. Ron built a beautiful new home on Gore Road in Talbotville when he married Marilyn. We loved having them nearby to visit or babysit Jeff for them. A number of us siblings got married within the next few years, so visits weren't as regular. When we did visit Ron, Ron usually had something new to show us. I think it was a Palm Pilot back then. He always loved the latest gadgets and tried to convince us that we needed it too. As an aside, the afternoon of our last visit with him, he was still telling Mom that she should get internet. We may have coveted his red convertible, but deep down, we were just happy that Ron could enjoy some of these fun things because life for him was often hard. Ron was diagnosed with type 1 deep diabetes already early in his life as a teenager. The medical devices and education in this regard were not what they are today, landing Ron with a lot of complications. Later in his life, there were times when we weren't sure how long we would have our dear brother. But God was gracious to Ron and spared his life on so many occasions. The last months were, no doubt, very difficult. Ron's kidney shut down and dialysis was the new norm in Ron's life. Ron was given much grace in this realm. He kept his positive disposition and, with God's help, was able to accept this as God's will for him. He was so thankful for all his family, friends, and neighbors who were always willing to drive him. He loved people and spending time with them. Although most of us live a fair distance from him, the gift of technology was a blessing. We would FaceTime him on the afternoons when he was getting dialysis. Those were special times. He was always cheerful and would ask us to please call again, even before we hung up. When we heard last Wednesday that Ron was hospitalized, our hearts were heavy, and we so wanted to see him again. 
We felt so privileged that we could spend time with him just hours before his passing. The doctor had said to him at the end of the day, Wow, Ron, you had a busy day. Ron replied, I had a great day. And then he went on to name all the guests who visited. We knew his physical heart was weak, so we really didn't know whether it would be hours or days. But God knew and had a special plan for Ron. What we did know was that his spiritual heart was strong in the Lord. For this we rejoice. Ron will be sorely missed by his dear wife Marilyn, his children, grandchildren, and us all. We want to acknowledge Marilyn for her faithfulness to our dear brother with all the health trials she suffered with him. Life wasn't easy. wasn't always easy. We know that life without Ron will be another hardship for you, Marilyn. But our prayer is that you will be given a special measure of God's grace and continued love and support from all of us. We love you, Marilyn. A great husband, father, son, son in law. Grandpa and friend. Dad, we will be missed by so many. For those of you who don't know us, we're Ron's sons. I'm Jeff, Chris. Tim and Greg. On behalf of all our entire family, we are so grateful and humbled by the outpouring of love and support from what you all to have come and out of the life and mourn the passing of our dear father. The dad was born and raised in St. Thomas, where he met the love of his life, Marilyn. There, there they built their first home and started their life together. Dad always had a dream to buy a farm, so that dream became reality in 1983. We always remember the farm and the work Dad put into that place, from barn chores to field work, house renovations, even a barn fire, and the new barn construction. Dad worked hard his entire life despite his struggles with diabetes and all the complications that came with it. Dad and Mom owned and operated Ron Meyer Farms for 18 years. This is where he taught us many things, like how to work hard, he taught us how to drive at a young age, whether it was on the lawnmower, tractor, four-wheeler, dirt bike, or snowmobiles. It was a privilege to be raised on a farm. As far as we can remember, Dad always had issues with his feet. He got his first infection in 1987, 36 years ago. His first toe was amputated in 1990, around the same age as the four of us standing here today. He would come home from the hospital and say, I lost another toe and didn't feel a thing, like it was no big deal. Dad was always able to see the positive in every situation. 
Even with his health concerns, he, was always, he always provided for our family with mom by his side. In 2000, they sold the farm due to his health and they moved into a new home in Mitchell. Dad started CropQuest, a nutrient management consulting company where he was able to do what he loved. He could work from his home office and talk to farmers. Dad was well known in the community because it didn't matter where he was, he would find a connection. As you all know, he loved to talk. He is always the first person to strike up a conversation and the last one to leave the church parking lot or any event for that matter. Dad always put his family first and was always there when we needed him. Always cheerful and always checking in with family. He was, he was our biggest fan, whether it was at the baseball diamond, hockey rink or soccer field. He was so proud of his children and grandchildren and everything that each of them had accomplished. Dad was at every event possible. Dad had many modes of transportation to get around Mitchell. He was always cruising around, whether it was in his, the Ford Mustang convertible or his e-bike or his scooter. Since we all lived very close to dad and mom, dad would pop in at any time just to see what we were doing. Once in a while, he would be on his way to our house, but would end up running into a neighbor and chat with them instead. Can you see dad driving home in his scooter at 10 o'clock at night from watching his boys play baseball in town? And we wondered why mom worried about him so much. Dad enjoyed going camping always setting up and doing everything on his own, not wanting any help. He enjoyed the many country tours, early morning coffee runs with his friends, and special outings with his camping buddies. One highlight would be the trip to Arizona in 2017. We are so grateful that he was able to go on that trip. Dad was always up on the latest technology, whether it be his computer, iPhone, or headset. If he had something in his head, he would just go out and get it. You could be sure he would show you all it could would show you all it could do the next time he saw you. This made birthday and Christmas shopping very difficult for everyone. Dad was a faithful church member in this church, Free Reform Church of Mitchell. Here he was the treasurer for 35 years and spent several terms as a deacon. Dad and mom have been blessed with many friends who have always been there, been here to encourage, support, and pray for them through all the trials they have been through and have celebrated with them in all the blessings. We are thankful for you. Dad loved to be around people, and when you come from a large family, that is a good thing. Everyone loved chatting with their brother or Uncle Ron as his nieces and nephews would call him. He would truly care about what was going on in all their lives. We are so thankful so many of you could be here with us today. Even on his last day on earth, despite the circumstances, he could say, I had a really great day. We are also incredibly grateful for all the love, care, and support that have been shown to our dad from all the many doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers over the years, especially to Dr. Kenyon for his constant and devoted care to our dad. 
to all the friends and family who helped bring him to his appointments and for the constant prayers and encouragement, we felt it. I might add, this is going off script here. <laughs> but just, yeah, I've heard through the line last night, man, the dad had some good, good-looking boys. <laughs> but, but the, the daughter-in-laws make us look real good. <laughs> I can't do that. But Jen, I, you've done so much. You all have. Lindsay, the flowers. Ashley, the singing. And Amanda, just even helping Dad through doing his uh, dressings and stuff, right? Thank you. Mom, thank you for being the best wife anyone could ask for. For looking after Dad for so many years, even though it was not easy at times. You never complained. You never gave up on him. He loved you very much. Dad, we miss you. We love you. But we have peace knowing that through the saving power of Jesus Christ, we will meet again. Well, we'll take care of you, Mom. Thank you, family, for the memories and what a joy it is to hear that you had and still have great parents and great grandparents. Blessing from God. We have some special music at this point, and then after the special music, we'll be singing. A blessed assurance, but uh, first and some special music. <clears throat>
We will now sing Blessed Assurance, and then after that I ask uh, Pastor Hutton to come and he will have a few words and also prayer before luncheon, and all of you are invited to this. So.
Well, friends, I was asked as Ron's pastor for the last almost four years to, to read some verses with you from Scripture and then to, to lead into prayer, as you heard, to ask a blessing on the food. And I want to return to some of the verses that were already read. I didn't realize they were going to be read, but you'll see in a moment why I've selected these verses. I want to read some of the wonderful words of the Lord Jesus himself. They were spoken in the first instance to his close disciples. They were troubled at the thought of Jesus leaving them. And he spoke these words in John chapter 14. He said to them to comfort and reassure them, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And I wanted to read just a few verses in Philippians chapter 1, the words of the Apostle Paul, where he said, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose I cannot tell, for I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better." And the reason I picked these verses, I had the opportunity to speak with Ron for the last time on Saturday afternoon. And I had, like my brother, a very good conversation with Ron. I sensed that he knew he was coming near the end of his, his life. And he, like Paul, as we just read, was, was torn in his heart. He, he began to speak to me of leaving his wife, his family behind, and he began to break down at that moment. He began to weep tears, and I know that he loved you very deeply, Marilyn, all of you as a family. It was a painful thought to him that he would soon be leaving you all behind. But he also went on to say to me that, as we read in John chapter 14, he was looking forward to the time when his eyes would close in death and he knew that he was going to be with his Lord and Savior. He said that to me, I'm looking forward to seeing my Lord and Savior. I'm going to be in the Father's house of many mansions. And I trust that is a wonderful comfort to you to know where your Father now is. And of course, that is the glorious hope of the, the gospel for every true child of God for all those who have put their hope and trust in Christ as their Lord and Savior. That death is not the end for the child of God. When they close their eyes in death, they know that when they open them on the other side of death, the one who will be waiting to greet them in his open and loving arms is their faithful Lord and Savior, the one to whom they belong in body and in soul. And I don't know where you are all at in your relationship to the Lord, but again, I commend, as a minister of the gospel, I commend the Lord and Savior to you. He is a wonderful Savior. He's the best of all masters. And when we commit our lives to him, we can rest assured he will be our shepherd through life 
that he will indeed lead us through all our days. He will bring us safely home to the Father's house in many mansions, that place that he prepares, especially for each and all of his people. Well, with these few words, I'll not keep you longer. I will come to God in prayer. We'll give him thanks for the life of Ron, and also we'll ask a blessing on the food and refreshments downstairs. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, we we come to you, the God of, of all grace, the God of your your people, the God who has bound himself in love to all those who place their trust in the Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, your own beloved Son, the one that you sent into this world in the fullness of time to lay down his life for his sheep, that they might be brought into a living relationship of love and fellowship with you through the Holy Spirit. And we do thank you for the life of Ron. We thank you that you showed yourself faithful to him all the days of his, his life here on earth. And we know that he has now left this scene of time, that he has gone to be with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we pray that that would be a comfort to the family as they think on these things and as they feel his absence, the, the loss that he is to them. And we can only commit them into your loving hands. We pray especially for Marilyn that you would be with her in the days and weeks and months that lie ahead. You've promised to be a refuge and a source of strength to all those who, who rest and confide in you. And so continue to strengthen her and uphold her and sustain her in all that is ahead of her. May she know that you will be with her, you will take care of her. And we pray also for each of the sons and the siblings, the brothers, the sisters, also Ron's mother. Be near to them in their grief. Be to them all that they, they need, we pray. And we ask, Lord, that you would be with all of us as we make our journey through life, our days here on earth. They are numbered. None of us knows what a day or an hour might bring. But we pray, Lord, that all of us would be resting in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as our Savior, our hope for time and for eternity. And bind us all up in the bundle of life then with you, the Lord, we pray. And be with us now in the rest of this day. We ask for your blessing and the food and the refreshments that are downstairs. We thank you for all of the ladies who were here this morning preparing these things, for all of the effort that has gone in and all who have helped behind the scenes leading up to this moment. And we do pray, Lord, that you continue to bless us and keep us, be our God and guide in life. Lead all of us in the way everlasting, we pray. And forgive us for all of our many sins and wash us in that fountain open for sin and foreign cleanness, and we ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Receive now the benediction 
from the Lord God. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father with the work of the Holy Spirit be and remain with you all. Amen.